Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. And we've got a new leader, kids. Here it is. Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to Inside the Ropes, episode number 152. Another fascinating uh, week in the world of golf and a, a big show coming up, one that I'm very much looking forward to. We're going to deep dive into what has been, what have been the building blocks uh, behind hashtag the golden era with the man who's been <laughs> on the front line of developing some of the players um, and harnessing the talent that's uh, seen Australian golf go through this lovely little phase it's going through at the moment. And one of the players, in fact, the, the young lady who's continued this winning trend of ours in recent weeks, recent months, Steph Kiriaku is going to join us on the show as well. Mark Hayes is here as he always is. Hello, Murray. I don't think people realise the effort that you and I have put into the hashtag gold. It's been about four years of hard work. And abuse. Forget about Brad James. <laughs> you and I are the two that have, with the help of Justin Felgener, who's jumped on board occasionally. Hello, Andy. Hello, Murray. In fact, in a large, to a large degree, you're part of the golden era from a... Just media, following your lead, From a media coverage commentary perspective. Yeah, well, they've made it easy the last few years, haven't they? We're the grim old sort of weathered, you know, weather-beaten types, Hazy and I. <laughs> You're the young punk on the way up who's doing some good work. Look, any association with Golden Era, I'll take that. So she's done it. Before we just, you know, stop talking rubbish about ourselves, how about the branching out of one of our very own at the weekend? Excuse me? Did you? Stacey Peters. Oh, oh no, what's happened? Next level. What's happened? Out of nowhere, she, too. She, she, you know, she's pushed and shoved away into the Inside the Ropes team, I think it's fair to say. <laughs> From there, she's elbowed away into the, you know, AO Radio or WAO Radio. Yeah, welcome edition for both. Yeah. Well, blow me down, Andy. You were going to say something else. I was going to say something completely <laughs> something different. Something you're dead, I reckon you're about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Until I realised we had some Sunday morning radio commitments. Yep. Uh, Tune in to see a bit of Bonville action at the weekend on SBS. Stacey Peters, front and centre in the well, TV as commentary. She be, as she should be. <laughs> wow, we. Welcome addition to it, it all, I might say. She might have just blown straight past <laughs> the inside the ropes juggernaut. Stacey everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> hey, forget about the other bloke. What do we call? Do you reckon if we called her Eddie, she'd mind? No, no, we, I think she might. Yeah, I think she Yeah, I think too. she might. Um, so we'll speak to Steph uh, a bit later on, but she continues this incredible run. It's an incredible run. And, you know, we've been, I think we sort of half blinking ourselves into believing that it was only the men that we were focusing mm. on. But now the men don't win this week. Oh, Anthony Quayle wins in Queensland, mm. but it was a you know, 90% Australian field, or probably even more than that. But on the LET, this 19-year-old amateur, who's mm. going to join us a bit later on, does what she did, which is absolute. And the way she won it was unbelievable. So we're doing this on Tuesday. Mm. Uh on the LPGA.com website, you mentioned a couple of tours having a break. They're one of them um, by virtue of having no mm-hmm. events in Asia. 
uh, front and center on the LPGA.com website on a tournament that wasn't theirs. Steph Kiriakou. She's yeah. there. She's, she's a, and the, the reasoning is catch this incredible female golf story from around the world. Wow. That's great. Mm. I, I, I love that. I just think it has, it shows that what she did, which is record the second biggest margin of victory on the LET ever, mm. uh, as a 19 year old <laughs> from Sydney as an amateur is actually like legitimately newsworthy mm. and it continues to do my head in. And that is another change of words, Andy. I think we saw a lot of the lot of the wins that you were talking about from the men so far this year, and we thought, oh, we haven't had any women's winners yet, but the seasons really haven't fired up. Well, yet. that's exactly right. And now that the yeah. LPGA, obviously, there's a couple of weeks off here, but once they get back going again, mm. and we've already won one on the ladies' European tour, it could be a similar story. Yeah. So in terms of, um, and we'll talk to her about all this, but in terms of, um, um, you know, shoring up a position for herself on that tour, what does it do as an amateur? Well, does she does well, she get We'll find out. Do you know the answer? Like she's oh, fully do know, exempt for a couple I, of years now and all that sort of stuff? I or? do know what's yep. in front of her. Yeah, great. I think she's going to tell us. Yeah, great. Let's hold on for that. Yeah. Righto. Good. Um, we, we spent a lot of time last week talking about, um, you know, the commentary around Patrick Reed, and they head down to Mexico this week and he does what he does. Now, mm. he got a bit of help from Bryson yep. DeChambeau, who, you know, three-putted 17 and made it a bit easier for Reed up 18, but... There's nothing to say that Reed wouldn't have found whatever he needed to find either on 18 or in a playoff if yeah. it came to that to win. We, we can you can you can think whatever you want to think about Patrick Reed, and a lot of people do, and you can say what you want to say about Patrick Reed, and a lot of people do. <laughs> but um, there's something in a in a black way. There's something incredibly impressive about what he was able to do. It was almost bound to happen. Like, he was going to win early part of this year, mm. just from what's happened in the last few months. But this week, yeah, this week, Justin, I mean, if he contended this week and, you know, yeah. but he wins this week. <laughs> the week that everybody's, it's at a, it's like at a heightened, the conversation around him's at a heightened level. Mm. You know, it's been active. You know, this has been a volcano that has, you know, partially erupted. It, it, it was like lava flowing down the sides of it this week. You know, towns around the bottom of it were getting destroyed <laughs> with the flowage. <laughs> the flowage? Is that a word? Yeah, why not? Pyroclastic golf flow. I love every... What was that? Uh. Pyro whatever. I like that I like that better than flowage. <laughs> no, I just... I find it... I, I'm not impressed by Patrick Reed. I, 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 we talked about this on radio yesterday. I got a bit of feedback on it. There's nothing impressive about him because mm. he... You know, people have made their mind up about the way that he conducts himself and they're off him. And that's perfectly fine and understandable. And people are entitled to have that view, but to be able to do this in a game that you spend so much time in your own head mm. for the four rounds, but in leading up to it, like how Patrick Reed walks between the ropes and through the people and doesn't hear it. He must hear stuff all the must Things must be getting said to him all the time. I can't imagine a more, barring some really horrendous act, as opposed to just breaking the laws of a sport, a more vitriolic ongoing response to an incident, or now a series of incidents, mm. as we found out last week, uh, from the total golf audience. Um, how he's compartmentalized that and still be able to play is... I, you don't have to like him, Andy. No. You, in fact, I'm quite the opposite. I mm. loathe him. Mm. Um, Kramer style. But uh, you do have to admire what he can do in terms of pushing 
ABC aside and getting the job done. Because he doesn't cheat. He doesn't allegedly (laughs) cheat all the time, does he? Like he doesn't allegedly cheat. Who could say every time he tees it up? Well, that's that's a good point. But you would imagine that if you're a, I mean, if you're a producer of a golf coverage, yeah, and you've got uh, eighteen hole coverage of a tournament, I'm telling all of my cameramen, just when he's on your hole, <laughs> don't be afraid to get close. Keep it tight. To keep it tight. Oh, I am. I mean, now whether whether if he did do something wrong, such is the nature of you know the. Professional Golf Association of America, whether they would show that, whether a broadcaster is like whoever they are with the responsibility would actually show that. Mm. Well, that's another question. I suspect they probably wouldn't based on some of the things that Peter Costa said last week. Mm. But um, I think it was really, and you and I touched on this in another forum, Andy, with um, with Wayne Riley commentating on it. Yeah. And so I don't have golf TV. I'm not, I, so mm. I didn't see it, but I did see snippets of what happened after uh, the interview? After the interview on the 18th grade. Did you see this? I saw the, as they walked away after the interview on Twitter, someone filmed yeah. it and put it up. Yeah. And so I think one of the big things here, and we, I, I like to think we take pride in this on this particular podcast, is that we don't give the house view the whole time. Mm. And I think there's a massive distinction between what the USPGA Tour wants you to see and what the average person perceives to be true. Mm. If I don't hear Wayne Riley ask him something about the pressure that he's been under this week, even if it's generic like that, mm. I'm discrediting Wayne Riley as a prospective interviewer. I'm discrediting the telecast. So good on Radar yeah. for, for giving him something, whatever it was, in along the lines of, geez, you've put up with a fair bit here, or how do you compartmentalise this or whatever. And then he's got the temerity, as they're walking off, read, read now, to chip Radar about... How dare you ask me that question now? Bugger. Oh, I can't say that. I was going to pull back from it. But bugger me, Eddie. Uh, uh, Seriously. Yeah. No, I'm 100% with it. It's just all sanitized and censored. And he's been on a blocking rampage on Twitter this week, which probably not actually him. But no, that'll be, that'll there's be been people coming out of the woodwork from everywhere. You've been blocked by Patrick Reed. That'll be his wife doing that for sure. So there's nothing unreasonable about Wayne Riley asking that question. No, good on I, I, Yeah, yeah. I'd, 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 and, quite the re- reverse. If so, he doesn't ask the question, yeah, I'm, I'm worried sitting about there going, So, <laughs> so this feeds right into this kind of pathological, sociopathic, whatever the right word is. I'm not really good with my paths and socios and psychos <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But flowage, though, you're yeah, an I expert. I like flowage. <laughs> but this is it, it's the it's the it's the George Costanza line. If you say it, if you tell yourself often enough, it's not a lie. Yeah. You know. And clearly Patrick Reed lives in this world where he's convi- – and people in this tight little bubble around him have convinced him it's them, mate. It's not you. What you're doing, you, you've never done this. And he's – he has the type of brain that – and I'm not going to say he's, he's unintelligent. No, no. I'm not saying that, but he's clearly got the sort of um, mental armoury to convince himself that he's okay, it's everybody else with the problem. It's quite impressive, it, and that's the word. That, I keep coming back to that. Yeah, in a in a dark, macabre, sort of black-hearted sense, it is. It, it is impressive. It's like there's only there could only be maybe a handful of players in the world that could withstand what he's going through, and then still rock up to Mexico and yeah. win and play that well. Oh, I don't think there's any one other than him. I reckon he's Tiger. Tiger at his best might have. Yeah, Tiger might add similar things that you know. Not, 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 yeah, not yeah. the allegations that Reed's faced. <clears throat> yeah, but just he had the other pressure pressures. Yeah, of, yeah, it's it's remarkable the way he's playing. What if what if we get to Augusta and he 
halfway lead or something. It's, oh. it's well, would you be surprised? Nah. And we're at Honda this week. Honda always feels like, okay, now we can start talking about Augusta. Mm. feels like when you get to Honda, that's when we really start, oh, who's playing? Yeah. What's their schedule look like? How are they preparing for Augusta? If it feels like you get to this week and yeah. now you start, it's only about 40 days away, I think, as we sit here now. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we're getting into that stage. Oh, no one around this table, come on, we were there when he won it. No one around this table is going to be surprised if Reed. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if you won the Masters. No. Again? I'd, I wouldn't. I'd be surprised, but not from the mental capacity standpoint. I just don't. I think there'll be others playing better at the time. Yeah, but well, but I do. I wouldn't be surprised mentally if he had the wherewithal to get it done. Well, he's up to third now in the US Ryder Cup standings. It's a lot. He's a lock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He so and Bryson he, are locks. Yeah, he, he's not going to require a captain's pick this no, time round. No way. Olympics? He'd be up there now as well. If it goes ahead. Yeah. Hazy, any other – we had a quick chat about this yesterday on another forum, but you're on the AOC delegation. Any Because corona – and we'll get to this in general business a bit later on, but coronavirus, coronavirus concerns have struck the world of golf already with the women Women's Amateur Asia Pacific Championship. So yeah. – um, oh, and and the LPGA, we're, we're, oh, well, we're missing two events in yeah. in Asia as we speak. So uh, three, actually. Sorry, I should say. Um, so any, yeah, I think the latest actually there was an update into what we spoke about yesterday, Andy, which was um, I said to you at the time from the AOC perspective that um, they were taking advice and they continue to from the World Health Organization. They'll be guided by that. But subsequent to that, and we, in line with all other Australian travellers, the, the Department of um, Foreign, Affairs, Foreign Affairs, yeah, that yep. one. Um, DFAT. DFAT has issued, uh, you know, a, a much more serious warning in Japan. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's alert levels up and the AOC has responded to that. Uh, you know, we are now on a bit more of a heightened watch and yep. beware yep. of all the test events and all that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's watch this space. I mean, I don't know any answers. I don't think anyone does, but um, there's the room, the, there's chat, there's chat. Yep, as there should be. Um, just from an Australian perspective. They were they were admirable. They were they were thereabouts. Some they all had. They most of them had a moment or two, you know, within the week at the WGC. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I I, I love that uh, Zach Murray was tied fifteen mm. coming into the last round, and mm. it's a pity because on that of all tournaments, you burn cash when you have a bad fourth <laughs> round. Seventy five cost him a lot of cash. Still walks away with forty five and a bit. Yeah, absolutely. US, so US, that's good yeah. for him, you know. And to his credit. Um, I reckon he was, we'll, we'll talk to him in the next few weeks, I reckon, hopefully, but, uh, I reckon he, when I spoke to him on Thursday night for a story, uh, he was having trouble keeping his, um, guts. Oh, so uh, he's crook. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, were a handful of them. Apparently, uh, Rio Shikau was as crook as mm. 20 men. So. Bad tacos. <laughs> it may be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, um, Zach was one of those affected. So to have Dodgy plates... guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever think you'd say that on a podcast? More flowage, perhaps. <laughs> ah, see, it's all. This is why the word was there. Uh, nice. So, um, That's why you get paid sorry, months. Hashtag golden era. Yeah, no, that was quality there. Uh, just shout to Cam Smith, sixty-four in the last round to make a lot of cash. Is he? Is he part of hashtag golden era? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. right. Is he part of next gen? You know, the tennis is obsessed with saying, oh, yeah, we've mm. got this great, in the men's side, we've got a great next gen. They're going to take on the Federer, Djokovic, Nadal mm. sort of triumvirate. Well, Victor Hoyland, I'm always going to want to say Hovland, of course, but <laughs> it's not Hovland, it's Hoyland. Correct. Yeah, right? Yeah. He is genuinely part of the next gen, yep. along with a couple of other youngsters who have won recently on the PGA Tour. Is Cameron Smith part of... I reckon he's the... He's captain the, of? He's the sole father of, of next gen. Okay, we'll make him that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I was watching this. No, I haven't. Isn't this the tournament with the the past champions list that doesn't bode well for the winner? 
Oh, is that right? I think so. I think oh, I've right. heard of it. It's a great the Puerto Rico Open. It's... Yeah. Clates has got a theory about the Singapore Open. Next time he's on, get you to tell you about the winners okay. of the Singapore Open. Very funny. <laughs> I reckon this kid might buck the trend. Mm. Definitely. He's a weapon. He, um, I was watching, he just had this, he'll make this putt. He'll make the putt. And he rammed it in. It was going to go mm. 12 feet past. It hit the hole at serious ramming speed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think Min posted on Instagram that the top five in 2019 of the World Amateur Rankings was Min, Victor Hovland, uh, Colin Morikawa, and... Not Justin Sue, maybe. Maybe uh, Justin Sue. Who else is one other? Just one of them. Wasn't him. But the four of the five of them have all won either on the European Tour or PGA Tour. Or mm. crazy. Yeah, no, it he's is, golf, it's a good class. He's golf handy. It's it was like Steph Kiriakou. We're about to talk to mm. in a second. Uh, 68, 66, 64. And he said he pitches awful. Yeah, he can't chip. That he was can't chip. That's can't chip. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close, close with a 70, but that, that before that, the golf. See, is... the weather was horrible in the final. That was pouring with rain and it, it sort of tidied up a bit at the end, but it was mm. tough day, howling sort of, not so, howling, but driving rain. So Cam Davis was the best of the Aussies mm. there with a uh, good finish along with um, Rian Gibson tied 27th. Davis finished with a pair of 69s to uh, wrap up the weekend. He's a very good player, this kid. So keeping on the first Norwegian to win on the PGA Tour which is significant. Mm. Um, congratulations to them and uh, via him. Uh, look, we, shall we get a break out of the way? Steph Kiriakou is going to join us. We'll, we'll talk about our Anthony Quayle and the Queensland Open and how significant that is for him uh, a little bit later on. You're listening to Inside the Ropes. Welcome back to the show. Uh, this is going to be fun, I reckon. Um, we've already spoken about what Steph Kiriakou did at Bonville last week, uh, which was, you know, history-making and remarkable and has been noticed by... Uh, golf punditry all around the world. And it's with absolute joy that we can say uh, welcome and congratulations to the girl in the middle of uh, one of the biggest stories in golf from last weekend, Steph Steph Kiriakou, who joins us on Inside the Ropes. Um, Buddy, thanks for coming on and congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) What a whirlwind, I imagine. Uh, Your life has been like, what is it? It's it's Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday afternoon that we're speaking to you since Sunday. I imagine the last two and a bit days has been has been crazy. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty hectic, pretty full on. I've had like my phone hasn't stopped ringing or like vibrating or whatever, and then like like everything's all happening this week. I have so many questions. It's just very overwhelming, but it's good problems. It's good. Yeah, first world problem, Steph. <laughs> uh, so, I know that um, firstly well done mate um, I know that you had big plans for a, a northern summer of amateur activity particularly around the US women's amateur I would imagine um, is that going to go by the by are you going to turn pro um, yeah so this morning I've kind of made it all official and done all the paperwork done all the online stuff so now I can happily say I'm a professional Wow. Well done. Well can done. you, for those who, is, who has ne- have never been within Bull's Roar of even having to contemplate that, when you say you've done the online stuff and done the paperwork, well, can you, in a, in a sort of broad sweep, can you tell us what you actually have to do? Yeah, so I had no idea until today either. So with the LET, I basically just made an account on their website and I got like a logging and and, and an account number and then once you've paid for the membership you're pretty much a professional and then with the ALPG I just have to sign some forms saying I agree with the terms and 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, now I'm so a they, member of both tours. So they can use your magnificent imagery now and uh, to <laughs> bump up their tours? Yeah, pretty much. That's all I'm good for. <laughs> so what do you have to do? Like, like clearly uh, my sister can't um, just get get online and do that. She, she's a terrible golfer. But, but my sister can't get online and do that. So so what do you have to – what what – what boxes do you need to tick as a golfer before you can get on there and fill out the paperwork and declare yourself a professional golfer? What do you need to do? Yeah, so sorry, the tour give you your account number. So they like so you tell them Right. I wanna join the tour and they, you know then they like give you the account number, then you, you set it up from there, but you can't just, you know, make up your own account. <laughs> right, okay. Right. So you have to be sort of a bit known to them and they they need to be aware of the fact that you're actually you know quite proficient at the game. Yeah, pretty, okay. yeah. Do you feel more? Uh, this is a weird question, but do you feel more proficient at the game than you did this time last week? Does it instantly make you feel better about it? Or <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't even know how I feel. I kind of I feel the same. Like I feel like nothing's changed except I'm playing for money, but. Yeah, I still feel the same. Was it, I don't think it still hasn't hit me. Like it's been two days. Was it an easy decision to turn pro or did you have to think about it or was it just the obvious thing to do? Well, my kind of plan this year was, you know, to finish out the Aussie summer events and go to America. And then I was planning to go to LPGAQ school this year, at the end of this year. And if everything went well, I would get my card or get some status and then turn pro. So getting this or winning this event has kind of just given me more opportunities and moved the goalposts a little bit. But it's just made everything a lot easier. Steph, is it easy so. when you win a tournament like this as an amateur? Is it easy to just move past the fact that and I don't even know what the first prize money was, but to to don't think not think about that. Oh, geez, if I'd have been pro last week, I might have won seventy five thousand dollars or whatever it was. Like, is that easy for you not to spend time dwelling on that? Um, I did have a look at what I was. <laughs> How much? What was like, it? Obviously. I think it was like sixty grand. Oh jeez! But like, I mean, that's—I don't know how if this sounds bad or not, but that's going to be nothing. Like, I've got my whole, like, at least my next two years set up for me, so I could yeah. kind of—I don't mind losing sixty grand for the rest of the next two years coming. Did so, I? Did I and Cho just give you a little wink and say thanks very much, sister? <laughs> I think honestly again could sound bad but once i had like a lead by a lot i think the other two were just trying to beat each other <laughs> that doesn't sound bad that sounds awesome but can you just t- running. take us inside that i mean four awesome rounds and you, you never let up and it was all and it was ridiculous what you did and you you know you made your own you own a special little place of kind of let history now but when you're in the moment what did you what what do you what does that feel like um well, when I was on the first tee, because I, I don't really check the leaderboard much like during the round, but then I like because I had a big leaderboard. And then I was like really like scared going to the last round. Like I was tossing and turning in the number four. I just like was coming up with all these scenarios that could happen. And then when I got on the first tee, like my tee shot was not great. My second shot like was not great. And then I made up and down from like 50 metres. And I was like, okay, we're on, like, like we're on, because they both made bogeys, and then I just like blitzed the front nine from there. Twenty nine. Can and you be- can you believe that? I know it was it was pretty like 
unreal. But like a few of the, I was really confident and like, no, nah, I was pretty confident. Like some of the parts, most of the parts I was like, oh, I can't, like, I can't miss this. Like, I, like I just can't miss it. It was real weird. <laughs> did, you ha- did you have a moment on the front nine or the back nine or something and you sort of saw a leaderboard and thought like, well, this is actually happening. I'm six, I'm eight, I'm 10 shots ahead. Yeah, well, Stacey Peters gave me a little tip. She's like, if you like start thinking ahead, like pinch yourself. So I did. I was pinching myself a lot on the back nine, but I didn't really see many leaderboards. If I'm being honest, I think I was very focused and just didn't look around. But I was hoping, you know, I had a bit of a lead, at least a couple of shots. But I had no idea it was like ten or whatever it was. Steph, how awesome was it that you knock in your winning little par putt there? And then you look up and you see uh, the the two two girls, two of the handful of girls that you've gone through this whole ride with. In particular, I know there were others there, but Doey and Grace, you know, you've been such an integral part of New South Wales teams that have been dominant for four or five years here. Let's be honest. To look up and see them spraying you with the mm. the, the slippery stuff. That was, it was it was pretty special. I actually did not even think they were gonna like you know, pour the champagne. I just thought, you know, I'd win, you know, a little cuddle, but like that was, it was pretty cool. I was watching all the videos and stuff and it was like, I was like, wow, that's awesome. <laughs> so what do you do? Like you're playing the New South Wales Open this week in Dubbo. What, what have you, do you sit down? Have you actually, you probably haven't had enough time, but to look at a schedule, I mean, do you sit down with people who know about this stuff and um, now start to guide you through the potential pitfalls about, you know, what's in front of you and like what's immediately in front of you? Yeah. So I've had a look at the schedule and I'm obviously going to play this week as professional, which would be cool. Um, and then my next event and first event overseas. Oh, I haven't like gone into much detail, but like roughly I know I'm going to play that one because it's coming up soon. We just had a little line drop out then. When, when, when did you say you're going to play your first tournament? So in two and a half weeks, okay. I'll probably leave. Yeah, yeah. Which one's that? Sorry, Steph. Oh, the Saudi Arabia one. Okay. Have you played much yeah. golf over there before? <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you ever been? I mean, this is not a normal part of the world for people to just go and play golf. Is this? A, have you been over there before? I've never been to Europe, so wow. no, I haven't. Okay. Steph, yeah. what, if, do you want to? Do you want to say anything to the people who've? you know, got you this far on the public record. I know you would have said something to them personally. That's you who you are. But do you, do you want this little forum to say thanks to some people? Yeah, I don't really have a choice now. You kind of yeah, put exactly, me on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I'll just move on. It's all about me. No. <laughs> no but yeah, I have sent them a couple messages. But yeah, I did thank them because I definitely wouldn't be where I am today without them. I've had a lot of people influence my amateur career and... Yeah, it's all, I guess it's all worked out now. So I'll ask you, look, Justin and I have obviously known you for quite a while through the amateur ranks, and you've been showing flashes, flashes and flashes and flashes of potential promise, brilliance, flair, everything like that. But you've never been able, in my opinion, humble opinion, I apologise if I'm offending you, put four rounds of it together. <laughs> Do you think that's now something you can dial up when you need to, or is it something you're going to need to sort of think back on a bit more? Um, I honestly have no idea to answer that question. Um, I think I just went into that week. 
I think it was more my mentality because I went into that week like with so much confidence and like just just like I was like every- mm. oh, is there still Steph? Oh dear. Hey. Oh there you go. Sorry, yeah, you we went into that week with such confidence is the last thing we heard, sorry. Oh sorry, yeah, and like I felt unstoppable. And I think it didn't it felt the same as events. Maybe it was just the atmosphere or the fact that it was a pro event I could, you know get it together. I don't I don't know what happened. It must be a nice feel. I felt I feel unstoppable. Yeah. That and, must be a nice feel. Andy, can I paint a picture <laughs> of, of Steph's work in the background and I, I yeah, don't yeah, pretend absolutely. to know one percent of what she does I don't at all but we've watched her in tournaments and I know that other people will finish their round or whatever or, or disappear into the ether and I've seen Steph go out and play this a series of funky drills but one in particular stands right in front of my mind Steph it's the one where you go and you hit putts from three feet six feet nine feet in a circle around the cup and I move back a foot. Move, you move back a foot. And I've heard, you know, so Steph's not going until she makes these putts, Andy. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard, I've learned some language. I don't mind saying this, Steph. Mm-hmm. I've learned some language from Steph um, <laughs> as she as she steps out there and can't quite get the, you know, the 23rd putt in a row or whatever it is. And mm. these are the things that go missing on a lot of people. And I, I, I think she's got some pretty special stuff bottled in there, Andy. Well, I'm sure you're right. And anybody who was at Bonneville last week will have seen it. And Steph, hopefully... The world's going to see it in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years, however long you want to be out there and you're having fun and you're enjoying it. Um, we're going to get to enjoy watching you do it. Uh, congratulations. Well done. Um, it was a remarkable performance, and let's hope there are many more remarkable performances to come. Thanks for joining us on the show, and uh, congratulations on turning pro. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're a star. Steph, Steph Kiriakou joining us on Inside the Ropes. We're going to dive a bit deeper into hashtag the golden era with a man <laughs> who's been, had his finger on the pulse of this thing for quite some time. Uh, we're going to do that after this. Welcome back to the show. Lovely to have you with us here on Inside the Ropes. Um, brilliant good. to, how good? How Great. Good. She's <laughs> just, I love, you just love the laid back, honest, uncomplicated. You love everything about her, um, even if you're hearing her for the first time. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people listening to Steph Kiriaka thinking, oh, righto, I like the sound of that young lady. I'll be making a, um, I'll be making a point of watching her mm-hmm. uh, and keeping an, uh, an eye out for her name in upcoming events. A man who knows all about her, and we've been banging on about hashtag golden era here for quite some time, probably putting, putting a bit of pressure on him, uh, to be honest, over the journey, uh, general <laughs> manager of... High performance at Golf Australia. Good friend of everybody here at Inside the Ropes. Brad James joins us. Good to see you, mate. Good to see you, boys. Good to be here. I feel it's... kind of in golf royalty here. And <laughs> as the chairman of the uh, Matt Cutler fan club, uh, I'm used to having Matty Cutler up here and not myself. No, no. You need to get your own Twitter account. <laughs> you need to start doing some commentary on Australian Opens. Um, we are loving what we're seeing to start or to end last year and begin this year with, you know, what, what Australian golfers are doing around the world. And Steph Kiriakou continues the run, you know, like the boys have been on fire and internationally and she, she continued it. Did you, did you know that she could do, she's 19, did you know she could do what she did on the weekend at this early stage of her career? Look, I think it's very difficult to predict what she did over the weekend but she played in the Vic Open last year, and she, I think she led or was either the first, second, or third in the after the first round. She shot sixty six, mm. 
And that was a sign of what she can do. And then during the Vic Open again this year, she went out and shot a low number. So she certainly had the ability to shoot low scores, and she's obviously put it all together with the four rounds. But mm. what she did that final round, that first nine holes on Sunday, was unbelievable. Mm. Uh, you're looking at the scorecard, and every hole is just birdie, birdie, birdie. And you think, wow, this is just absolutely phenomenal what she's doing. So she's turned pro. Is there a... The timing of this decision is fascinating. It's different strokes, different folks, and all that sort of stuff. We understand that. But is now the right time for her to make that move, do you think? I think it is. She's guaranteed of two years on the Mm. LET tour. And really you're looking at an opportunity to learn your trade. Um, She's got two really free shots at it Mm. uh, and then see where it goes from there. You know, anytime you turn professional as an amateur, you're looking for a job. Uh, And now she has a job. So she's got an opportunity to travel around the world, learn, learn a trade. It's a very lonely journey out there. As we all know, you've spoken to a lot of the elite amateurs that have transitioned to professional golf. It's very difficult. Um, but she's got off to a great start. She's got to know a few of the professionals that, that are out there now. So she'll get some mentorship opportunities out there. I know Stacey Peters will play a big role in her journey here going forward. Um, so hopefully we, we're looking back and, you know, we'll look in, in three to four years' time and she's out there with Hannah Green and Minji Lee playing on the big tour. Mm. Um, but the LET is a great start for them. It's a pathway to the LPGA now that those changes have been made. So it's a great start for her. What's the, if you if you were to give somebody like her or you know young any young pro female or male who are making the transition from amateur ranks to pro ranks and they're gonna the, the, the leap off point is is international what what's the one major piece of advice you give them in terms of handling that transition overseas I think it's making sure you have a really close network around you that's close that you can talk to at night time whether it be by text or by phone. Even if you can get a close friend, caddy, parent, yeah, catting yeah. with you on the road or being with you on the road, that social network is so imperative to have when you're out there because um, that's the biggest challenge for you. The mm. golf tends to be the easiest part. It's the loneliness. It's running your own business. It's paying your caddy. Who's going to caddy for me? It's not knowing where to eat, what flights I should catch. All those challenges that you face um, alone are very difficult. What we need to do a better job of, and we're trying to do a better job of at the, at the amateur level is try and provide the same training and competition environment that they experience when they do turn professional. Hmm. So one of the negatives with amateur golf, you tend to play a lot of team sports or team competition, whether it be interstate or representing Australia. They're all team environments. You get there, your uniform's all clean. There's Somebody's doing that for you. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's doing something yeah, for you. So yeah. we are taking a, a less is more approach with a lot of our amateur programs and trying to better prepare them for that transition period. Mm, mm. Um, we're seeing something pretty special at the moment, and this, you know, and we're we're loving it. Obviously, you know, being an Australian golf podcast, and you know, you guys, you three, and others have been so intrinsically connected to so many of the individuals who are having successes at the moment. Is this is this a particularly good crop that we've got? You know, from from Scott, it's hard to put Scott in the mix because he's been out there for so long now. But the the Cam th- Smith down, yeah, the thirty and unders, <laughs> the thirty and unders that are doing, who have been caught in the Scott Day wake, mm-hmm. and are doing what they're doing at the moment. Has this? Are you starting to see the culmination of kind of five, six, seven years work? Do you think? That- yeah, I think we saw some of those results last year and the year before with Minji and Hannah's results. You know, females will typically transition a little bit earlier than yeah. males. And now you're starting to see some of those males transition in Lucas Herbert, Minwoo Lee, um, Zach Murray. Those athletes are starting to transition. 
they typically take about you know eight to ten years from the time they turn professional before they start being self-efficient on tour and you can you could define self-efficient as being sort of that top 100 mark where you're actually starting to make some reasonable money out there where you can afford to pay for a, a caddy you mm. can afford to bring your coach over you can afford to maybe fly in the business class so your body's ready when you land and playing events so that journey is very very long and now we're starting to see those athletes that started in your program in sort of that 211 212 period um, and hopefully we see more there's a nice crop coming through with Elvis Smiley uh, Jed Morgan those athletes are starting to show some good signs but even those athletes you're not going to start seeing them start mm. the transition to another five six seven years it's a long long journey for these kids tough mm. lag period isn't it there is I, I wanted to ask you Brad like how important in your mind is it for uh, the women coming up to see Minji and Hannah succeed, the men coming up to see Cam Smith, I think is probably the the vanguard here. Mm. Uh, but now Lucas and everything, all of kids they've grown up playing with. So suddenly, uh, I'm just picking a name, Jared Felton starts walking taller, goes, oh, I know how to do this. You know, and Curtis Luck gets, a, gets another look at it and goes, just, oh, I used to pants him, you know, no, Min Woo Lee. Yeah. You know. One success breeds another, doesn't it, is what I'm getting at. It does. Um, Minji Lee has probably led that with the females for a bit of a period here. And, and now you've got Hannah Green, you've got Karis Davidson, you've got Sue O out there. And hopefully they can all go along the journey together. I was at the Corn Ferry Tour event last week in Orlando um, with Ryan Ruffles, Curtis Luck, and Brett Coletta. And mm. there's three young of our up-and-coming stars going along the journey together. And what you hope is that they all bring each other up onto that PGA Tour. Mm. Uh, and it's nice to have that group of guys, a team around you, that you can sort of go along that journey together and go through the struggles together because it is a struggle. Um, what you don't want to see happen is, is maybe two of them make it and then one left back mm. here. You hope mm. all three of them get there. Um, the likelihood of that is, is maybe low, but... That journey is tough. If they can have a network around them that they go along that journey together, like Hannah Green did on her Symmetra Tour days where there was a nice group of ladies that she traveled around with uh, and got to the P LPGA Tour on that path. So, like I said, those kids are out there. I, I hope people really understand how difficult it is. We all see the Patrick Reeds making millions of dollars out there and, and Adam Scott, but it is a very difficult journey. Um, and hopefully we allow them time to get to that elite level. Ruffles is still so young. He's the one that, you know, you think we, there, he got a lot of press. You know, the world was talking about him, particularly here. You know, how's he going? How, how's his golf game look to you? Look, I was extremely impressed with Ryan last week in, um, in Florida. I, I sent a text off to Dennis McDade. Uh, he's done a fantastic job with That's Ryan his coach. Ruffles. Dennis is his coach. And, and the team around him now has done an absolutely phenomenal job from where he was a couple of years to go to where he is today. Mm. Uh, his performance at the Corn Ferry event, and you look how difficult the Corn Ferry is. Ryan Ruffles shot 11 under in four rounds, and I think he finished 50th place. It's unbelievable. Uh, you know, the scores out there are, are, are so low, and the level of competition is so good. Um, I think Ryan's very much back on path. Um, I love the fact that he's taken the path from Latin America onto the Corn Ferry Tour. I think that's a great path for him, and hopefully the transition goes to the PGA Tour, whether it be next year or the year after. Um, but I think he's got an opportunity to learn his trade, uh, go through the journey, and, and earn the right to be on the PGA Tour. Mm. We're in this sort of swing at the moment where we've had, you know, the, we're getting the state PGAs and the state opens, and you know, we, 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 I think all golf fans love this time of the year. 
Australian golf fans love this time of year because you get to see, you know, the, the old, the hard sort of edged old kind of, you know, pros up against these young kids and they're mixing it. And the leaderboard at the end of all of these tournaments is just a fascinating one to look at, you know, the stories of those who have been around, but the ones that you think, what, what lies in store? What's, what's the world look like for Jared Felton in 10 years or Travis Smythe in 10 years or Anthony Quayle in 10 years? And what's it going to are you are you enthused by the depth um, of of the players that we've got here in Australia? You don't have to. I don't expect you to mention twenty names here, but are you, are you thinking? Yeah, we've got a lot of guys here with a bit of luck, and girls with a bit of luck. We we could we could see six, seven, eight, nine, ten of these guys get out there on the world stage and, and compete. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all enthused by the recent results, uh, not by our our stars, our current stars of the game, and Adam Scott and Leishman, but the uh, the, un- the kids underneath them, you know, the Hannah Greens, the Minwoo Lees, the Lucas Herberts, um, Steph Kiriakus, hmm. Elvis Smiley's, Jed Morgan's. There's a fantastic group coming through, um, and I think if those, even the older guys, the Adam Scotts, they play a massive role in, in bringing that talent up. Hmm. Um, you know, Minji still plays a massive role in helping Steph Kiriaku. And, and probably the thing that we've noticed that those athletes are starting to realize that they do play a big role, whether it be going out to dinner for them in a tournament, going through a practice round, uh, getting them to better understanding on where to travel, how to travel, who's the best, who are the good caddies out there, mm. who are the good agents. You know, those opportunities that our kids are now getting and, and for, those, uh, for those elite professionals to really give back their time is so vital for the success of our future talent. I've mm. been privy to a couple of interviews that Carrie Webb's done, Andy, um, and Clearly, without she would never say this, but she rates what she did professionally. But she now says, you know, what I've been able to do subsequent is far more important to me, mm. which I think says everything about a her, but b the culture that's coming around. You know, if someone who's a world golf hall of famer takes more pride in seeing the next wave come on, the next wave is bound to come on. Yeah, we've recognised that the journey for these athletes is difficult. So there's there's some structures in place you've got luke Mackey, who's based now overseas full-time in the mm. u.s uh, and luke's primary role is to be our eyes and ears see checking on these kids see how they're doing um he he provides reports to the athletes coaches their providers the sports psychs to give them information and to check in with them it's from a well-being perspective just to make sure they're happy um <laughs> so that role is vital for us mm. uh, luke's based over there full-time the government's recognised that that's a vital role for us. The Kinghorns have recognised that that's a vital role for us. The Kinghorns obviously provide a lot of funding to our program, but that role is imperative for us. And you'd love to have four or five Luke Mackeys out there mm. with that roles all around the world because our athletes just aren't based in the US. They're based in Asia. They're based in Europe. So we'd love to have more of those roles. Oh, I'd be happy to go and do that for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> set, up in, man up. set up in Geneva. <laughs> set, no, maybe live in Dublin for a couple of years and just I'll be a sort of European eyes and ears if you need someone. I may be a little under the weather from time to time. <laughs> Sponsored by Guinness. Uh, uh, keep up the good work. It's but we're we're loving what we're seeing, mate. And it's um yeah, there's been a lot of hard work going to it and not every, you know, pitch that gets thrown is a strike. Um, but you know, you keep throwing them and keep doing the the right things and there's going to be more good stories to emerge, I'm sure, and we're um, hopefully around for a while to talk about it. So um, to you and your team, 
enjoy the spoils that are coming at the moment and may there be a few more thanks for coming on for a chat i appreciate it mate and uh, a lot of thanks goes out to all the people that are involved in this it takes an army to get these athletes mm. to where they're at so uh, it's certainly i play a very very small role in this but i know there's a lot of people out there that play a very large role so thanks to them as well, well on you mate brad james uh, general manager high performance at golf australia it's uh, an exciting time for uh, all of us who love the game in australia uh we'll get a break out of the way come back uh, tidy up with general business after this Welcome back to the show, Inside the Ropes, uh, general business, uh, other bits and pieces that we haven't got to uh, because of the um, the uh, the testing of time. Look at the relative amount of homework that we've. No, no, you, you just you just print stuff out. Yeah. That's not homework, mate. It's just a waste of paper. <laughs> they're, the, so, they're the sheets from last week. Exa- exactly, <laughs> and you're looking at. I've got notes because I'm very conscious of planet yeah. Earth, you, yeah. you, as opposed to you. I'm looking over at you. No, I'm oh, you're on 2020 here. Look at all the tabs I've got. Hashtag Golden Era. He must be David Attenborough over here. He's got nothing. There you go. Um, Anthony Quayle. That's that department. Go on. Ripper. Yep. Fantastic. And uh, so good to see him win his first pro in, in Queensland. And it's such a relief for him. I mean, I looked at his, I think on Saturday night, I looked at his world ranking and it has all your, your best results. And there's like five or six top fives there all mm. around the world, Japan, here in Australia, and he'd gotten so close, and I think that was the overarching feeling. Once he'd finished on Sunday, he was like, "I'm just so glad it's," and it felt as good as he'd hoped it would. And he was so glad to get the monkey off the back, and he's part of that golden era generation oh, too, for sure. I mean, there's there's dozens of them, you yeah. know. He's, a, he's in uh, in racing parlance, and he's a comer. Well, we spoke to him last year, didn't we? There was yeah. a, we had him on after a. Good performance in Japan. I think, third, I think at the end of the year, there. Yeah, yeah, and he was. You, you you just like you watch him play. You yeah. watch you see the results. Yeah. You listen to him speak. He, he just looks a player. Like, yeah. And this is the thing: there's so many of these Australian pros, these young Australian pros. They look like players. Mm. He does in particular to me because yeah. he's got that funky Callaway gear and it. Mm. He looks different, mm. and he's such an impressive human alongside his golf as well. So he's the he's like Steph, different, but the full package. Yeah. You buy into him, you get in the full package. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's awesome. I, I that's overdue because he's yeah. been knocking on the door. Yeah, but it's right at the right time in the timeline, the, the progression of his career. I think it's perfect. He's primed for a really good year in Japan this year. Yeah, it's firing back up in the next month or so, six weeks maybe. Yeah, April I think. Yeah. Let's hope so. And yeah, well that's true. Yeah, yeah, and it was just a good finish on Sunday. It was the final group. All three started at thirteen under. He, uh, James Answers from New Zealand, who's another one who's sort of knocked on the door for quite a while here in Australia. And Jack Thompson, who I'm just looking up now, he is number 100 in the world, in the world rankings, for he's Australia's fourth rest. Best, I think he'll go up to third. In the, uh, amateur, in the amateur rankings? Yeah, in the amateur rankings. And he was, him and Quayle were sensational on Sunday. I mean, the lead changed, I think, three or four times. Mm, mm. Tom, I got in front with about three or four left, and it was insane. It was great to watch Anthony and then fight back, and Jack had a birdie putt on 18 to win it. Um, which would have been an amazing story to have two amateurs win here in the same day. Yeah. And you know how we always rub it on about your man, my man, all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Justin and I do that all the time. Yeah. If there's ever been a, a your man... He's my man. Jack, Jack Thompson. Thompson. He, he's right up your alley as well, Andy, actually. Really? He is an absolute belter. Well, I'm going to predict... <laughs> I'm going to make a prediction here. What date is it? The 25th of February? 25th of February. I'm going to say, I don't know anything about this bloke, but I'm going to say that he, by the time he hangs up, He's uh, Scotty Cameron for the last time. 
he will be the most famous Jack Thompson that Australia's ever produced. <laughs> there you go. Oh, God, I hope so. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? That'd be, be good for all of us. That would be something if it's true. He's such a character, Andy. And he's a, he's a cracking story. He nearly gave the game away a few years ago until one of his mates well and truly pulled him into line and said, you're wasting your – what are you doing? Great. You're completely wasting your time. And he's completely turned it around and he's a he's an absolute jet and – you just think about the experience of being in the final group on a Sunday. It's the mm. first time he'd done it in a pro event. Mm. He said on Saturday morning when he stood on the first tee in the final group there as well, he was so nervous. 24 hours later, I walked off the first tee with him. He's like, I actually feel just so much better today than I did this time yesterday. Yeah, that's and isn't that an insight? It goes to show yeah. how much better yeah. it, how much, those experiences, how much that's going to help him. And mm. it, was, it was dirty that he couldn't beat Quail, but it was almost, he was helpless. I mean, Anthony was so good. So yep. it was a great, great. battle. Give me your bit. I've got a couple of bits of general business. Well, I'll throw a couple at you. Go on. Uh, Will Heffernan, uh, another young recently minted pro, um, is one of five Australians who's uh, won through the Q School in the Asian Tour. Great. Um, So Will Heffernan uh, finished second. Uh, He's only one shot behind the medalist up there, a guy from um, Zimbabwe. But alongside him, Scott Strange, who was at the opposite end of the spectrum, 42 years of age. He's going to be a real player at 15. Was it that? How long ago is it now that... He was knocking on the door of being a real world-class player, Scotty. Well, he won on the Asian Tour in 2005 and 2006. Yeah, I know. He was... It's amazing. There you go. 15 years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, Corey Crawford, born in Tasmania, a Queenslander now. Yep. Uh, Great young guy as well. Kevin Yuan from Sydney, who I think is going to find his niche right here on the Mm -hmm. Asian Tour. That's perfect. And the other one I want to make special mention to is Ben Eccles, who's been through the ringer on the European Challenge Tour. He's got his card in Asia, and I think that's going to be the making of him. That would be my hope there. Brad talks right. about guys going out when they turn pro, and you have to learn how to live and tour like a pro and travel around the world on your own. It's pretty hard. Mm. Ben Eccles is one of the poster boys for that, I reckon. And just stay in the game for long enough. And just keep doing it. For, survive. Keep your yep. head above water. It's somehow. not easy, but no. you just keep yep. doing it, and yep. Yep. your chance will bob up. So, Andy, on a very tenuous link there about people um, you know, plying their trade on lesser tours, um, breaking news here, courtesy of John O'Nash and the PGA of Australia. Mm-hmm. For the first time ever, uh, the Rosebud Country Club down on the mm-hmm. beautiful morning Great facility, yep. is going to hold a first stage European tour Q school uh, in 2020. So Brilliant. I think it's in August. I need to triple check this. Uh, or September 1 to 4. So it's the first time a European tour qualifying school uh, has been held outside of Europe in its 45-year history. And Rosebud mm. Country Club's done really well. well. get on the Marcazzoni boys then. And particularly the P- PGA Tour of Australia, that is an unheralded, unthought-of way to try and give playing opportunities to Australian players. So that's a massive tick yep. for the Country Club and the PGA of Australia and, awesome. um, you know, all the players who that gives an opportunity to. Yeah, no, that's absolutely worthy of, um, you know, enthusiastic mention. So uh, well done. Um, have you got any general business or I'll just completely bypass you and you can just chip in? You go, please. Premier Golf League. Did you see the... the um, I'm sick of hearing about this. Well, the, we, we're going to only hear about it until we don't hear about it anymore, yeah. you know, or it becomes something. So yeah. CEO, they've bobbed their head up a bit higher. Um, Andrew Gardner, the CEO of the Premier Golf League, did an interview on the Rick Shields Golf Show podcast and confirmed a lot of the details that had already been kind of leaked out. Um, can, one of the... You know, one of the confirmed details was that there would be an event down here in Australia. Mm. But he said, this only happens if everybody wants it to happen. That was kind of the takeaway quote. 
it doesn't sound like everybody's going to want it to happen. So it's not going to happen if you take him at his word. I mean, McElroy's clearly nuked it, sort of nuked it. And, and if Rory nukes it, then you can absolutely guarantee that there's going to be. Well, that's one of the two pillars. Yeah, yep, exactly. So it's it's not off to a good start. And then you hear Charlie Hoffman, who's the um, chairman of the Players Advisory Council, which I didn't even know there was one. I mean, what is what's that? They're actually they're, they must be doing the best job of any player union in the world. That union must be the strongest player union on the planet. What are you? Why are you shaking? No, your you head? need to gag me here because I'll say something that will get us in massive trouble. Go for it. What, so, what has well, Charlie done? Charlie said, that, which made me, I, I spat my, <laughs> I spat my cornflakes out when I read this this morning. He said. Uh, yeah, he's kind of a bit ambivalent towards the whole thing about the Premier Golf League. And he said, oh, I'm not sure I'd like to be owned by Saudi money. As if a pro gives a stuff where the money's coming from. Wow. As if, as if anybody, what I thought of automatically was, um, all you do it is, you're just doing it for the dough, you blokes. That's why no amount of money is too much money and you don't care where it's coming from. Mm. So, so, so to try and take a position of principle... And and suggest that you're going to be you're going to take this kind of um, higher and mightier than thou position, um, you know, against uh, the evolution of a concept like this. Just made me it just made me laugh a little bit this morning when I heard that. And more, you know, generally maybe I might like Charlie Hoffman, but I'd put it this way, Andy. I've nothing against Charlie Hoffman. I just uh, it just made me laugh. Yeah, I don't think he's going to win Mastermind. So you need to be okay. really careful about how. Um, some of these Pushka. That'll do on the one Charlie. On another day, we might have got a hazy rant here. Oh, that, I'm not going to win Mastermind either. So I'm just no. going to keep mentioning his name now. No, oh, no, 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 not today, but in in subsequent episodes. But that's just a ridiculous thing to say. And we, that Players yeah. Advisory Council has got so much power over yeah, the way ridiculous. the world of golf is run. It, it's embarrassing the influence they have. And as you said, you didn't know they were there. Mm. They're almost faceless. Well, they want to be. Oh, it's embarrassing. Yeah, no, it's, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, were you surprised at all? The answer is clearly no, and I'm not sure, sure you even took any notice of it, but um, a Kushnet, you know, titleist have come out and responded to the um, um, the report into you know, dis, 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 the distance report that came out last I think I got week. Th- I think I got through six lines of that, uh, and I, just I, my eyes rolled so far back in my head that I nearly passed it. He's out. a namesake. <laughs> David Mars, the CEO of Titleist Parent Company, a Kushnet. He said this. I mean, it was so predictable. We believe the conclusions drawn in the report undervalue the skill and athleticism of the game's very best players. God, I hope Clates isn't listening. Oh, right he will. Now. He'll have read this. Don't worry. He and Huggle will have read this. And focus far too much on the top of the men's professional game and projects projects this onto golf and golfers as a whole. Furthermore, we believe that existing equipment regulations effectively govern the prospects of any significant increases in hitting distance by the game's longest hitters. So don't look at us. We're doing what we're doing's fine, you know. The, this oh. has been a hot topic for this show for quite some time now. I this might surprise you, Annie. I'm not potting a cushionette or a no, no, no. They've got to do what they do. They're, they're yeah, working yeah. within the realm. They're operating within the realm. Yeah, that's yeah, true. I, I I don't like the fact that they think it's down to training and stuff mm. as well. Mm. But that because that, as Clayton has said a million times, that belittles the athleticism of a Seve or a, mm. you know Arnold or something back mm. in the day. It, it's it's doesn't. Stand up. There is a there is a percentage of that 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 stacks up. I reckon there's a percentage of it that I reckon stacks up, but not to the degree that we're seeing in no, terms right. of you know distances yielded yeah. off. Yeah, exactly. But they are operating within the rules, and and you know 
they're bloody good at it. To be fair, mm. to him, like mm. they, you know, their their cutting edge technology there is unbelievable. Mm. It is. It really is phenomenal what they've done with some of the, the things. It's just the the games let it happen. Yep. So they're not going to change. So somebody, if it's going to change, somebody's going to have to change it for them. Yeah. Uh, I want to make a special mention of a bloke we haven't mentioned for a while, uh, Peter Thompson, who mm. on Wednesday um, this week is to be, and we're recording this Tuesday, he's to be given uh, the Victorian Sports Awards highest honour uh, in that he will be recognised by the outstanding contribution to Victorian sport. Some might argue this is a little bit late in mm. coming, but um, for the late Peter Thompson, who we all know his record, um, gee, I could find a few things in here to, to stagger you with. I, I think one of the more staggering things, he's won nine New Zealand Opens among 10 national championships mm. around, around the, the world, world that he's yeah, won. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Anyway, he's he's being honoured. Um, it's Victorian sport's highest honour. It couldn't happen to a, a better bloke who's done so much on the course, but yet more off it. So well done to the Thompson family. I know it's great that... Uh, you know, their father and mm. husband, yeah, etc., yeah. gets recognised continually. I think that's the reverence with which we hold him. And timely that it's the week that the New Zealand Open will be contested. So that sort of makes, mm. whether that was intended or not, or just a nice, happy coincidence, I'm not sure, but makes a nice little bit of sense that that's going. Just on that, is Penilla Lindbergh, is she turning it up in the New Zealand Open? Yes, she is. I've read mm. that somewhere. She's playing against the boys. Yeah. Great. Good on her. And loves it. That's where yeah. she got married a couple of years ago. So very happy spot for her. Two bits of amateur news for me, Andy. You mentioned the Women's Amateur Asia Pacific earlier on, just briefly. Um, it was cancelled. Mm. Um, was to be held the same week as the ISPS Handel Women's Australian Open. Uh, well, it's been rescheduled in October 2020. <coughs> um, I hope this goes ahead. No, everybody does, yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that goes without saying. Um, I, I think it's a little premature to to forecast that it will right now. Let, let's just fingers crossed. Let's hope, it does. Yeah, Let's hope that it does yeah. and yep. give our um, our you know, emerging women, another chance. Well, the spot opened up now with Steph turning pro. That's a good point. Mm. That's a really good point. And my last bit of amateur news, uh, the Riversdale Cup coming up next week. Um, some A really strong field on one of the time-honoured mm. um, amateur tournaments in Australia at the Riversdale Golf Club in southeastern Melbourne. Some of the handicaps, I'm just looking through the entry list here, just absolutely ridiculous. I, Nathan Barbieri's the, probably the nominal favourite from Sydney. He's been in great form for the best part of 18 months. But I just want to mention a couple of um, Justin's girls who are um, Justin's girls. Well, he's sounds got, like Charlie's Angels. Well, they, they consider they're pretty happy with their position as as Justin's girls. I know that sort of sounds condescending. Have you got their names? You there? might want to clarify what you're actually talking no, no, about. I'm a bit intrigued. Maybe this is an off-air conversation. No, no, no. It's like Jack Thompson. He's one of your boys. Hazy and I have like Jack a, we have a draft, and we each after oh, an amateur tournament we get to we get to lay claim to yeah. I like it. Like I've got Tomo. He I've got Min. Mika. <laughs> Come on. Straighten up. You know, Diane, he's one of yours. Yeah, absolutely. What are you looking at over there? Quick, we're going to get going here. A Japanese girl called Tsubasa Kajitani is one of Justin's. Superstar. You're Handi- a Handicap of plus 6.5, Andy. If you want to go, honestly, if you want to go and see some golf uh, in the next couple of weeks, make a beeline towards the Riversdale Golf Club. It's, it's some unbelievable talent there. There's so many handicaps here that are just ridiculously low. I was looking for Elvis's name on there just quickly, but I'm not sure he's on there. I uh, didn't see it. But Nathan Barbieri off plus 5.4. He's the man to look out for. Yeah. Uh, done. 
Done, done. Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. It's been uh, a, another great week for Australian golf, and we continue to look forward to what's ahead with uh, great enthusiasm uh, and hope. I'll see you next week. Perfect, Andy. See you, young fellow. See me boy. Good yeah. to see you again. You get a haircut. Uh, no. Not until, it, not until the Hannah wins. Or nice. Sue wins. No, let it, let it flowage. I will. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening, folks. See you next week.